Retreats are amazing for you, for your community. They're amazing for your business. They're amazing for forming really deep connections with your clients and your clients to community, right? Like meeting each other, especially if you lead a lot of your business online, this can be so impactful for you to bring people together in person. Welcome to The Wealthy and Well Woman, a podcast that celebrates choosing a life of overflow. If you're looking to grow your business, live on purpose, and feel your best while doing it, then you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Kat Sanuski, the business coach for wellness leaders and visionary female entrepreneurs, founder of Be Well Events, and international yoga teacher and trainer. My goal in this podcast is to help you curate your life by design and claim your dream business by giving you actionable tips and trainings that help you get out of your own way, step into your power and monetize your magic. I'll be bringing you a thought training or interview from experts that will help you break through your fears, take action and grow into those massive visions that you can't stop thinking about. I am so happy you're here. Now let's get started. Welcome back, wealthy and well women, to today's episode. Today, we're talking all about retreats, whether you have hosted retreats, whether you're used to hosting retreats, or whether it's something that you're dying to do. So often, what I've heard from women in my world, whether you're a yoga instructor, a wellness professional, a business coach, or you're in some sort of transformational coaching or another field, is the desire to lead amazing retreats. And first off, why do we want to lead? retreats. Well, if you love traveling, you can get paid to travel and it's the most amazing thing ever. Like this was one of the driving forces behind my business when I first started was, oh, I want to travel the world and impact lives. Like what a freaking dream. So if you agree with me, if that is a dream for you, if you've maybe dabbled in some retreats, but you want to weave in more consistent retreats, or if you're like brand new to retreats and it's like on your vision board and you know you want to do it, but it feels a little daunting and overwhelming to jump in and lead retreats. This is gonna be really impactful for you today. I'm really gonna be breaking down in this episode how to plan a retreat that sets you up for ease in the process because retreats are amazing for you, for your community. They're amazing for your business. They're amazing for forming really deep connections with your clients and your clients to community, right? Like meeting each other, especially if you lead a lot of your business online, this can be so impactful for you to bring people together in person. If you think about a program, like an online program, or you think about a coaching session and how freaking impactful it is for like an hour, imagine spending seven days together. There is such potential to go deep with your clients and there's therefore such a potential for you as a client, like both attending or leading a retreat to have a massive, massive impact. So I love retreats, absolutely love them, but they can become very stressful and overwhelming if done incorrectly. (laughs) If you kind of overload your workload or you don't set these five things that I'm going to go over today, if you don't set these up in the beginning and in a very smooth way, then it can become very stressful. So as many of you as you know, I recently led a retreat to Tulum and this retreat I planned actually for my Wealthy Wellpreneur Mastermind, which was a six month mastermind. And it was part of that mastermind experience that I led this four day retreat in Tulum. And for 
those of you who are wanting to plan a retreat included in a mastermind, I will do another episode on that or I will include this in an upcoming workshop or somewhere else because that's like a whole nother topic that we could jump into and I have so much to say and so much advice to give on actually doing a retreat with a mastermind. But that's not what we're focused on today. Today, we're really focused on these five things to allow retreats to be more easeful for you. So I absolutely loved Tulum. It was so beautiful and wonderful being able to hold space for these incredible women to really be able to connect deeply, to get to know each other quickly. I mean, we had four days together and we were literally laughing, crying, going deep. It was so beautiful to be able to have this space where we really all connected, teaching yoga, guiding really powerful biz, like business and leadership workshops. All of that was amazing. We did brand photo shoots. We did reels workshops and created reels together. And it was so amazing, right? And behind the scenes, it was very stressful for me. I have led six or seven retreats now over the years, and I have done all sorts of retreats. I've done retreats at retreat centers. I've partnered with other leaders to lead retreats. I've partnered with actually retreat companies to teach at retreats. I have led my own retreats more locally here in Maine. So I've now done a large variety of different types of retreats and different types of partnerships. This was the first time that I've ever planned a retreat at an Airbnb using an outside chef and myself organizing all the transportation, the activities and everything like that. So I learned so much through this experience and I'm so excited to share with you here. So let's jump in to the number one thing. If you are going the Airbnb and private chef and organized activities yourself route, I really recommend hiring a retreat planner. Or if you have a team member, whether it's, you know, an OBM online business manager or a VA virtual assistant or something like that, that's already on your team that can take over some of these tasks and help you here. I really recommend it because if you're doing all of those things, then you have to manage any bumps that come up in the process yourself. For example, in Tulum, I hired an outside private shaft. It came recommended. Um, There's a long story that actually comes along with that. The Airbnb that I booked was supposed to have a private chef in it. So it was kind of built in. They had a different menu and then the chef ended up quitting like two weeks before we went there. So then I'm like dealing with them to get another private chef and I use an outside luxury chef company and we had everything solidified before going. And then after getting there, paying for the first meal, I realized, wait, they charged me almost the full price for the entire trip on one meal. Like this can't be right. And so I'm going back and forth with them. They basically tried to charge me thousands of dollars more, like six times as much as we had agreed upon the rate. Then you have a language barrier. Then you have all of this mess and confusion. And I'm going back and forth behind the scenes with this private chef company for the first really full day of the retreat. So Thursday night, we arrived at in Tulum. All of the retreat attendees arrived. We had our opening circle. We had a beautiful dinner. We had this beautiful evening to kick off. And the next day was kind of like an adventure day. We were going to the beach and hanging out at a beach club and it was really super fun. But during that beach club day, I was doing a lot of behind the scenes WhatsApp communication and trying to call, trying to figure out, sending, you know, what we had discussed, all of this stuff. Even Thursday night, I was up really late trying to figure it out with them, trying to get a hold of people, getting stuck in, oh, what's happening? Are they just going to charge me so much more? Like what's going on? So a lot of stress, a lot of 
nervous system response that I was having to manage on top of holding space, leading the group and trying to keep people out of it. I did where this was a business, a yoga and leadership retreat. I actually did end up tying this into a bit of a lesson because a lot of the ladies on the retreat want to lead their own retreats. So I ended up working this into a very teachable moment on the retreat of, hey, if you're leading retreats, da 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 kind of like teaching all of this in real time as well. But that being said, it can get, you never know what can come up. If you are doing this all yourself, then I really recommend having a retreat planner or having a team member there to help you and take care of any of these things that can very likely come up and that you really likely will face when leading a retreat, especially out of the country and with language barriers and everything else like that. You can really end up burning out and not getting a lot of sleep and being just always on throughout the retreat and really feeling drained by the end of the retreat without that extra help. And with holding the space, you're already holding a lot of energy, holding space, leading workshops, teaching classes, doing all of this anyways. Then on top of that, to deal with all of the things outside of that really becomes exhausting a lot more than you would expect. So keep that in mind as number one. This brings us to tip number two. You can partner with a retreat center that includes meals, makes add-ons super easy, often has massage therapists or a whole spa on site. They have all the food included. They help organize shuttles. They have a front desk. They do maintenance. We had in Tulum a critter in one of the rooms and the lovely lady that was in that room, you know, was up knocking on my door at 10 o'clock at night to help deal with a critter and don't blame her at all. But if you're in a retreat center, you have a full staff that is there and able to help your attendees so that you're not always the one that's on call for all of these things and you're not fully responsible to do all of this. So I have led several retreats at retreat centers and I love them. If you think you're going to save a lot of money doing the Airbnb route, actually it's a very similar pricing. And if you're hiring a retreat planner or having a team member do a lot of that work for you, it's probably going to be actually a lot more expensive to do the Airbnb and private chef and organize activities all on your own and a lot more work. I really, because of this, prefer partnering with the retreat centers. A really good way to find retreat centers is to see other yoga teachers or other coaches or other leaders. Where are they running retreats? You can either ask them or you can see. Usually people are tagging the locations that they're at. I always say I love to stock Instagram to get tips and tricks. I do this a lot in event planning. I stock a lot of wedding planners on the gram to see who they're using for florists and different pieces of the uh, venues, all sorts of things. So same thing that I do with events like that. You can also do with retreats. You can see where retreat companies are leading their retreats and you can contact them and get the information from them and lead your own retreat through them. This comes to my third tip or option where you can partner with someone to co-lead the retreat and share the workload. This is a really nice way to also have someone else without having a team member like a retreat planner or a VA or something doing the work. When you're co-leading, like I partner with Stephanie, who's an amazing wellness coach. I love her. It's so fun to do together. We have, you know, planning meetings. I'm partnering with Sabi. We're going to be releasing a another 
another retreat soon as well. Steph and I are have went to Costa Rica last fall and we're going back to Peru over New Year's Eve. And I'm so excited about that. Side note, I hope if you are looking for a retreat over New Year's, like definitely come join us. These spots are gonna go quick. I'll leave the link in the show notes. But anyways, so partnering with someone else makes it so much fun to lead retreats. You have somebody to plan, you're in it together. It also shares, you know, the marketing, it shares the workload, it shares, you can both teach on the retreat, you can both share the responsibility and the organization piece. So it just lifts a lot of that workload out. And I just think it's so much fun to partner with someone else that like a friend or another leader to do retreats. And then number four is have a plan mapped out and really try to stick to it with plenty of downtime included. So a common thing that people want to do is really pack retreats so full with so many options, so many activities, so many things to do, so many, you know, workshops and all of that. But really everyone's needs on retreats are different. Some people are more introverted. They want some alone time and people's intentions are different on retreats. So the beautiful thing about retreats is you can have all of these people come together, share in the magic, connect with each other and really receive exactly what they need from the retreat. It's a very personalized, just like going to a yoga class, just like joining a coaching container, you get what you need out of the experience at the time and place that you are in. So that's so beautiful. But to really encourage that also having downtime, having reflection time, having time with just space where people can fill it with their own activities that they're wanting to do their own experiences. They can kind of chat and hang out with friends and make connections and do things with new friends, or they can spend alone time. They can journal, they can read, they can catch up and relax and restore. So having this nice balance and for you also as the retreat leader, having some downtime just to come back and restore your energy and and really be able to do what's nourishing to you. So you can show up fully on the times that on the, a lot of times than when you're with people, which is a, a most of the retreat, right? So really having a plan mapped out and sticking to it, it can create a lot of, <laughs> I, I want to say like anxiety, just a lot of energy. If you're trying to be like, what do people want to do? Oh, should we plan this? Should we plan that? Should we throw in this? And I've made this mistake with smaller groups because I'm like, oh, we're a small group. We can, you know, kind of do what we want. But really, even if it's a small group, really try to stick to the plan as much as possible. It helps the whole group feel like they have a really nice container. They're held. They don't have to worry. And then they have time where they can go and plan their own activities. They have that flexibility. They don't feel as forced to do everything with the group and they can kind of branch off with one or two other people or new friends and do their own thing. So really stick to the plan. I really recommend having schedules printed, passing out schedules to all the attendees so everyone's on the same page, everyone knows what's going on, and it just really holds this comforting container for the experience. Last thing that I'm going to touch on today is contracts. This is something that I've learned over so many years since I started BWL events back in what, 2017. So I've been doing events and retreats for a long time now. And it's easy to think, oh, you know, I don't really need contracts. I've done some stuff without contracts. People are always good for it. I trust people, you know, and I love to have that mentality as well, where I trust people. They're going to pull up their end of the bargain, all these things, but it's always better to have contracts in place and not need them than to get into a situation where you really need a contract and you don't have it. It's just easy. Even if it's a friend, even if you're really close with the person you're partnering with, it's best to outline what the inclusions, what the deliverables, 
what the expectations are and to both agree to them so you know exactly what to expect with you know photographers, chefs, venues, partners. If you're partnering with a retreat company or partnering with another leader, have these contracts in place. When I partner on events, I do it with friends. I do it usually with people that I know very well and that I trust, but just for the both of you to have that outline and to know very clearly what the whole setup is, whether it's financially, whether it's who's taking care of what, how the split is occurring, who's responsible for what, all of these things, just have that in place. These are my five tips for really making retreats feel more easeful, more relaxing, more smooth for both you and your attendees on the retreats. And I'm going to throw in one more bonus tip at the end, map everything, be detailed, plan everything out beforehand so that once you arrive on the retreat, of course, you're not like scrambling. You're not trying to tie up loose ends. You're able to just relax, have fun, lead the group, be with your people, build community, connect deeper, and really get all of the magic that is bound to come from a retreat. If you are interested in leading events or retreats, or you have something that you're planning and you're like, I really want support on this. I also do help many clients with retreat planning, with event planning. And I do offer one-on-one deep dives that we can really map out your event or retreat. So if that's something that you would like more support on, definitely reach out. I'll drop the link to that in the show notes as well. So you can see that. And I also have a whole ClickUp template for the entire planning process for events as well that you get in that deep dive in that event or retreat planning deep dive. I hope this was helpful for you today. I hope this gave you some more to think about with retreats. If you are looking to attend a retreat yourself and you want to join us in Peru over New Year's Eve, it's going to be so amazing. Seven days, we have an optional Machu Picchu hike. There's art therapy, there's conscious eating. It's all based on the chakra energy system. So you're really going to be aligning your energy, balancing your energy. And we're going to have some really fun, transformative New Year's Eve celebrations to go into the new year in 2023, feeling the best yet. I'll drop all these links for you in the show notes. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And I can't wait to be back here with you next week. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on today's episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. I am so grateful that you listened in. If you loved what you heard and you feel called to share, please go leave me a review on iTunes so I can make sure to keep all this good stuff coming your way. Also share this episode with someone you think would absolutely love it. And I will be so grateful. That's how we spread the Wealthy and Well Woman mission together. If you aren't already following me on social media, come and join me by following at Kat Sanuski. I would love to connect with you there and I cannot wait to connect with you back here in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and shine as the wealthy and well woman you are.